We come to the end of our series that we've been working through over Christmas and looking at Isaiah 9. Um, so I thought it'd be good just to um, read it all together and then uh, bring it to an end. Um, I'll read off my sheet. I'm just looking it up there. It's teeny in this little screen. I'll read it from my sheet. <laughs> it says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zubalim and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people were walking in darkness, and they have seen a great light. Of those in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged, enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their, of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and it will be the fuel for the fire. For unto as a child is born, for as a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, sorry, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will be a will accomplish this. Unexpected things happen, don't they? And I've already had a chat with one or two of you in here, and they've had unexpected things happen at Christmas, um, like guests turning up. Um, anyone experienced that this year? You, you prepare dinner and more come than you thought. Uh, just, just a few at the back. Uh, what about unex- uh, unexpected gifts? You know what I mean? You were expecting something. You thought everything was all done and someone goes and pulls one out the bag and gives you something just what you were thinking. You think, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Or unexpected disasters. <laughs> the turkey is still defrosting for Christmas Day. You know what I mean? Or, or um, uh, you know what I mean? It, things have gone wrong or, or you know what I mean? The, the dog or the cat got the turkey or whatever. Unexpected things happen. And this passage we just read is full of unexpected things. Things that people weren't expecting. In fact, they probably read this and thought, oh, we don't really know what this is about. Because it's only since Jesus has come that it, that it makes sense. Before that, the people have gone, we, we don't really know what's, what's going on. And so there's a lot of unexpected things happening. The first is that it's an unexpected place. Galilee. Who's heard of Galilee? Remember Nathaniel, what does he say? What good can come out of Galilee when he speaks, to, speaks about Jesus? Galilee, it's, it's a place, the first place where disaster comes. It's in the north, and when, 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 when disaster comes to Israel, it comes from north to south, always. It's the first place it gets hit, is Galilee. And if Galilee gets hit, you know what's coming. It's coming to the rest of the nation. People didn't believe 
that Jesus was the Messiah because he came from Galilee. And why did they not believe that? Because they knew that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small amongst the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. So this is written to an unexpected place, Galilee. And it's written to an unexpected people. The people are walking in darkness. People who aren't walking in the right way, in the light. People who aren't behaving as people of the light. People who, you know what I mean, have, have, have done their own thing. And yet, light is coming there. This is where God's going to change and t- turn the world upside down. In a little place called Galilee. If you notice the two names that are tripped over, just try to read. Um, uh, Zublon and Naphtali, they are the two tribes, two tribes, further north, northern tribes of, of Israel. And they're based exactly in Galilee. This is who God is coming to, this unexpected people. Everyone thought it would be down south, not up north. Everyone thought it would take place in Jerusalem or or near Jerusalem, Bethlehem, that sort of region. No, but it it starts in the north. Why? Because the people who are walking in darkness, God has come to rescue. It says this in in Romans uh, 5. It says, you see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though uh, for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still walking in darkness, while we chose not to follow him, when we rebelled against him, Christ died for us. Even before we get life sorted out, Christ died for us. It came to an unexpected people. also came with an unexpected plan. And I love this bit. It's hidden in there. Verse 4, it says this, For the day of Midian's defeat you have shattered. Now, can anyone tell me anything about Midian? When I say the word Midian, Midian, what do you think? Gideon. Gideon. Oh, thank you, Gary. I'm glad you came. Um, exactly. It's Midian. And you think, oh, that's, um, that's, that's that little guy, isn't it? Uh, Gideon. Gideon, the, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm the weakest from the weakest tribe guy. That God says, oh, I could use you. And he says, can you gather an army? And Gideon says, I'll try. And he gathers 32,000 people together. Now, there's an army come against them that has 100,000. So 32,000 against 100,000, in my head, it's about it's three to one. It's like us Scots would say, that's a good odds. There's enough for us here. Yeah. But God is like, no, 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 Gideon. If 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 you go against them, it's it's everyone's gonna think that you're just some super leader. It's not about you. It's God's kingdom. So I want you to get rid of some. So he, he does, he gets he gets that number down to ten thousand. And Gideon's now that's ten to one. It's like, whoa, 
It's getting a little bit shaky now. But he says, we probably can do it. God's with us. And God says, no, 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 Gideon, you've still, you still got too many. You need to get rid of some more. And he gets it down to 300, and Gideon's like, you are kidding. There's 100,000, and we've got 300. And God goes, yeah, that's the plan. I only need 300 against these guys. And he does, see, he defeats. And it's all to say, this isn't about Gideon. This is about God. It's God's plan. And when it comes to Christ entering the world, it's not our plan. God's plan. No one would ever think about it. No one would have ever dreamt that something like this would happen. In their head, in their minds, there was only there was only God the Father. There was there was only one. Hero is the Lord our God is one. And now they're going to discover that God comes in three persons. It's going to be mind blowing, but it's God's plan, not man's plan. An unexpected plan. And it comes from an unexpected person. Could you just imagine when Jesus turns up and says, oh, by the way, I'm God. You'd be like, no, you're you're human. God's not human. God's God's big. Could you imagine what Joseph was like when he picked that baby up in his arms? And he held it and he looked into that baby's eyes and thought, I am holding God in my arms. Imagine what it was like as Jesus' brothers and sisters are playing out somewhere. And the kid that they're playing with is God. I'm sure, in my mind, they're playing hide and seek. I mean, Jesus, you're on count to 20. Everyone hide, everyone scatters. And Jesus comes out and goes, oh, John, you're behind the rock. Oh, how does he know that? Mark, you're up the tree. Oh! <laughs> he was Emmanuel, God with us. Because unto us a child is born, a son is given. We'd know it would be a boy. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. And when we say the word counselor, I don't know what, what brings to your mind, but I think of the Holy Spirit. He will be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. An unexpected person, God who walked on the earth, who healed, who loved, who restored. And the thing I want to get to today in about two minutes, was the unexpected rain. Everyone knew what he came to. He came to, to rule on David's line with David's kingdom. And everyone expected that to, to look like in a certain way. If you were living under that circumstance and a savior, a deliverer was coming, you would all think the same. If you lived in Ukraine today and there was a promise that a, a, a savior was coming you'd be thinking they're coming to to help us with this this russian invasion if you lived in gaza today you'd be thinking someone's coming to rescue us from this oppression 
It's Israel, and they have Romans who are pressing the people, and in their mind, a savior's coming to get rid of the Romans and restore order that there'll be this big nation again and that they'll rule. But it's not that. Jesus never came to fight. He came to establish a kingdom in a different way. And I still think it's under that, that ruling of David, what he says. And he will reign over David's throne, over his kingdom. When Samuel went to anoint David, why did God send Samuel to David? Do you know? It was because of his heart, wasn't it? God says, you looked at... Because when he turned up, he thought the first brother, he thought, he's pretty tall, he's good looking, he's strong. He'd make a fantastic king. God was like, no, not him. The next brother, I imagine, was just as handsome. And God went, no, not him either. And he went through all the brothers until he went, Jesse's like, I've run out of kids. And then he went, oh, I've got another one. What's his name? The one up in the hills. The one we chucked out. Uh, David. And when he walked in, God whispered to Samuel, this is the one. You look to the outward appearance, how, how, how good to look, but I look to the heart. And this is the one for me, and he gets anointed. Why? Because David's heart was always for God. And that's what I believe when he's talking about the kingdom of David. He's establishing that. It's about our heart for him. It's not about a kingdom of, of, you know what I mean, a a large nation. It's about this relationship. So when Jesus comes preaching, what's his message? I said at the start, repent, turn around, because the kingdom of God is near. You think, what does that mean? Why, why 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 does it not come if he's here? Why is it near? Because it needs to break in here. Where does God want to reign? He doesn't want to reign in England. He doesn't want to reign, you know what I mean, in, 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 in Europe. He wants to reign in here, in your heart. That's why he came. He wants to be your king, your ruler. He wants us to open our hearts and say, yeah, come and rule in here. So when he came and said the kingdom's near, it really was near. And some people got it. Remember that little guy up the tree? Zacchaeus. Everyone was like, oh, Zacchaeus. He's a horrible man. He, he's taken from us. He's nasty. He's mean. And I'm sure he was. But the kingdom of heaven broke in, didn't it? And he said, oh, Zacchaeus, today you have become a son of Abraham. He's restored. His, his kingdom is in here. But the question is for us. Have we opened up our hearts to him? Does he rule in our lives? And that's an easy question to say yes to, isn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. But it's got to affect everything that we do. It's got to affect the way we behave and live. I don't know about you, but I am a terrible, impatient driver. I was designed to go fast. And in this world, when people go slow, or if you go to a country like Wales... And they have speeding things that you can only do 20 miles an hour. It takes you about four weeks to get out of Wales. It's so slow. And I just want to go quick. But suddenly now I can find that my behavior on the road isn't how God wants me to, to drive. Or what about, what about 
money, something we never talk about. If God reigns, and he reigns in our wallets as well as in our hearts. What about how we bring up kids? He reigns in our hearts as we parent together. Um, it's, it, it has to affect every part. You've got to be, he's got to reign in the office as well as in the home. He's got to reign um, as what you say is how you live. Does he reign and rule in your life, in our lives? Kingdom of heaven is near. And we pray, yes, break out. Jesus said, when, it, when you pray, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Take that home. Do we act? Do we live like we're people whose kingdom, his kingdom reigns in our heart? So let's pray. Father, we're nearly at the start of a new year. And as this year comes to an end, I pray that you reign in our lives. Rule how we live, what we say, how we behave. May people look at us and catch a glimpse of you in us. Where there's darkness, may we bring light. Where people are criticizing, may we come in with words that encourage us. Where, where we, we care more about about you and your kingdom than we do about our wallets and our cars. Ruling us, I pray. And this year, may we see a difference. May we see you break out in our lives. Changes like you changed Zacchaeus. For I ask this in your name.